0: You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
1: Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, downtown studio at the bottom of the hour. Your chance to win a $50 gift card from our good friends at VK Bruco and some swag when we play Impossible Flames. Trivia. We couldn't do it Wednesday because we were at the Flames Celebrity uh, Golf Tournament, mm-hmm. but we moved it to today. Uh, our man was in the parking lot of said golf tournament actually doing work while Maddie and I were jumping on a golf cart. Uh, covers the Flames for the Athletic, our man Julian McKenzie. Hey, pal, how are you?
0: I'm doing really well, guys. Uh, great to hear your voices. Uh, how was the golf?
1: The golf was fun. Um, did you did you give us a side eye like some of the other media members did when we were jumping on carts? Yeah, who talked the most trash after we drove by?
0: Uh, you know what's funny, actually? Like, I wished, I wish I I've I've golfed in my life. I've never golfed in my life. I know one of our media colleagues was saying like yeah man like you should golf with some of the other celebrities and media people and I was like I've never done this and I don't want to embarrass myself so if if, if I happened to look like I was side-eyeing it maybe it was more envy than anything else <laughs> uh, no one talked trash though because I think well I mean Eric Francis golfed. Saul uh, and Volgi of the other network golf too and mm. yet everyone else just doing their thing like whoever would have trash talked was like not there I guess or just <laughs> West golfs all the time like it doesn't really matter
1: mm. Because uh, we saw you guys actually doing some real work uh, in that golf yes. tournament. Uh, do, you you were you were on hold, and we apologize for uh, letting you stay on hold on the Atlas Beats and Sports <laughs> Please Park. Please do
0: apologize for that because that was that honestly, man, like that was awesome.
2: Yeah, that was I, so cool. Well, that was great radio.
1: I, I want to get your opinion on on the uh, quote unquote old boys network of head coaches, and I get that uh, head coaches need to adapt to today's player. And this whole Mike Babcock situation uh, is, is messy. To say the least, just want to get your opinion on, you know, just this coaching as a whole. Like, do do, do they need younger coaches now to, to to kind of relate to younger players now? Because to me, I think in all of this, we're just forgetting about the head coaches themselves because they just have so much pressure on them to win every night.
0: I I, I can understand that, and while I, I I I imagine you probably mean in the context of the NHL. Yes, we are literally. I will I, I will just add this just to kind of illustrate that the old boys club mentality goes far beyond that. We are two weeks out from a head coach who didn't apologize to a player for saying the N-word because the people on top of him just felt that was not something worth including just because they know he's a good judge of character. Uh, ju- they, they feel they're good enough judges of character because mm. of experiences they had with them 20, 30 years ago. If that's happening in the WHL, what do you think is happening in the NHL? Mike Babcock, where you've had all these people, including Johan Franzen, and, and we know about the Mitch Marner story come out, still got a job, even though there are all these red flags that popped up. And now we're in a situation where players, it seems like, are starting to speak up against the NHL and the HLPA, and who knows if Mike Babcock's going to have a job by next week? Who knows? Like, I don't know. I, I think the old there's, – there's a league that has that mentality. It is the NHL. Like I, I, I think Patty was making some good points with regards to the NFL, and there's definitely some steps they still need to take with their coaching. But I think with the NHL, there is no bigger league in North right. America where that mentality is more prevalent and more existent than in the NHL.
1: Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and 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 I totally understand it. I, I just when you were talking about that, Julian, the one thing that popped into my head right away was this: sometimes feelings just don't matter. It's about winning. Because professional sports is about winning. Because nobody cares really how the players feel, how whatever. You think ownership cares how some of these guys are perceived around? You know what they care about? Revenue. They care about gait. They care about winning. Because that's what professional sports is about first and foremost. I think we forget about that, that a lot of these guys don't care about feelings. Daryl Sutter was the head coach of this team because they thought he could win. Was Daryl a popular guy? No. Did he win games? Yeah. Yeah. That's what winning year. is number one in professional yeah. sports. Again, like Boat we ready? forget about that ownership. The mandate of a lot of owners out there is to make as much money as possible. And if this guy is a Richard type of head coach, but he can win me games, I'll hire him. Cause ultimately that's what I care about and not the feelings yeah, of the true. players. And I think we kind of lose perspective in all of that because owners want to own and make money. The league wants to make money. And I totally get what you're saying, but it's a business first and foremost. That's why some of these guys still have jobs because they can make their owners money by winning games and getting into the postseason.
0: Is is Mike Babcock getting into the spotlight for making players uncomfortable? Good business. Like, no, like really think about that. Is that
2: right? Worth it? Is a coach that drives your star players away from the team good business?
0: I don't know if that's good business. I I think there's a total way to get a hard ass is it going to, like, Matty Rose had this right, too. You could get guys fully prepared and not have a total asshole as your head coach. That exists. So why is it that we, I can understand if you, you don't want guys who are, uh, you know, soft on players, you want them, to, maybe not necessarily players, coaches, but those people exist, and they've had to adapt to the changing times of, of how we deal with players now. Especially in the NHL, where slowly but surely, we're seeing more players starting to step up and say, you know what, we're not going to take the BS we're going to take from older coaches. I mean, Daryl Sutter's gone. And and if you're telling me that didn't have to do with what players might have told Don Maloney in those meetings postseason, like, come on. Like, I, I get that Murray Edwards is, is the final equalizer in all of this, but, like, someone had to say something. And, like, I don't know. I I, I think there's still ways to go with that, but I don't know. I, I yeah. think <sighs> we're going to see less and less of those types.
1: Uh, also, it has to happen. Sure. Uh, but also, I don't honestly think fans care. They want to see their team win games. I, like I they agree with like the great I, if, you're, if agree with you if if the coach was the friendliest guy and the nicest guy with all the all the guys in the room and he gets along with everybody and he's super understanding with everybody but the team stinks and they're not making it to the playoffs fans don't care about that fans want to see wins fans want to see teams compete for championships and again like again do, we a lot of
0: fans don't a lot of fans care about that too now there are more fans who are becoming more and more mm-hmm. conscious about how these players get affected. And
1: Julian, if I ever heard somebody say, say the team stinks, but man, are they a good bunch of guys, and the coach is a good guy.
0: No, that's not. Doesn't what they work would that say. way. Yeah, It doesn't work that way. But I, but you definitely will hear. Oh man, our coach is a little bit sus, or maybe not sus. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a little bit too Gen Z. But like, I don't know. I I, I think there. I think we're. I think you're discounting the people who are starting to care about that. You're definitely right that there are a lot of people who don't. Oh, no, I, I'm not discounting
1: it, and I think it's important because you can get the most out of your players if they respect you and, and they, they absolutely, you know, you, you, have, a, you have a coach can, can relate to his players and they respect him and they play harder for him. And they make I get, the workplace
2: somewhere I, that you want to be. I get
1: all of that, but I don't think it's absolutely. as important as some people make it out to be because winning is paramount. Yeah, but winning is paramount, but more and more we are finding out
2: that the better you feel in your job, the better you will perform. And there are a new generation of players that do not want to be told, you're a piece of crap, you did bad today, I'll see you tomorrow. It's all about working through what you've done and it's a change, man. It has changed a lot over the last little bit and a part of that that Julian is referencing is the fact that social media has given us unprecedented access to players, coaches, all these celebrities that you would never know what their day-to-day life is and i know it's social media and i hate social media because it's a highlight reel of your life but there are people that do have that access and i agree with you in the end what does it come down to wins Wins and losses how many banners do you have but at the same time i do think that there is a detriment to winning if you are not being a personality that people want to be around that are enjoyable to be around we
1: saw that here last year it's a prime example (laughs) Like, I you think Ranger fans in 94 are like, that Mike Keenan was such a jerk. That's 94. That no, was 30 no, years ago. No, but I get it. But I mean, like, I was, he was. I
0: was like three months old.
2: Right.
1: But But that doesn't matter. I'm just saying it's the fact that because, like, a hard-ass coach, all fans care about is ultimately winning. That's all they really care about. They can pretend like they care about feelings. They don't. I'm saying they don't, and I'm saying that you, it can with, you can win. Callous, and it sounds callous, but I think it's the truth. No, and you're trying to make this
2: big point, but the point is that you don't have to be a hard ass to win games. That's what
1: I'm saying. You can win games as anybody. No, no, as I, any coach. I get it, but I'm just saying it's not that important. Like it's it's how the feelings are portrayed by players. And being, con- and being like very warm and welcoming because ever, only anybody cares about in this business of professional sports, it's winning. It's not your beer league team. It's not your kids playing sports. Professional sports is a completely different animal. And all these players, uh, to be honest with you, uh, if they don't like their coach or how they were treated, you're getting compensated very well for what you're doing. And a lot of people work at their jobs and they hate their boss and their boss is a jerk. And they're not making 10 sheets a year like Jonathan Huberto is driving his McLaren to the arena. They're not. Like, sorry, some of that stuff, that being a professional athlete, some of that comes with it. Dealing with the media, sometimes having a dick as a head coach, that's all part of the gig you signed up for. Nobody is putting a gun to the head of any of these players to play in the league. They all choose to be in the National Hockey League and get compensated like they do. And sometimes you play for a jerk who doesn't treat you that maybe he should. But that's part of the gig you signed up for it. We do this job. We signed up to work in radio. Sometimes you get a text message. Sometimes you get a message on social media. You're a jerk. You suck. You're terrible. We signed up. We are doing this on our free will to do this. This is what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't really care that much about feelings. I care about results. And sometimes, yeah, does a guy who gets along with his players and they'll play hard? Sure, that could work. Does the hard-ass approach work? Worked for the Calgary Flames two years ago when they were the best team in the division. Like sometimes it still does work in today's game. Is there a better approach to doing this? There absolutely is. But nobody is holding these players hostage to play in this sport and make the amount of money they are.
0: What's that? I got to respond to this, man. Sure. I put an asterisk on the fact that it worked for the Calgary Flames two years ago because they're Well, they lost in the playoffs. wanted out after all of it. But I'm just saying, but that and guy also. Everybody
2: ran away, different. and the team is completely right. changed and might away. be in the crapper.
1: But Come also, on. that guy this is a slam dunk kind of Hall of Famer with Stanley Cup championships.
0: Look, a decade ago. That. Yeah. And, and, and there's something important in all of this. When you're saying, like, oh, we, the fans care about guys who are warm and welcome and inviting, I think it's less of an emphasis on a coach doing that and more on the emphasis of them not playing mind games and not being a jerk to players and not being abusive. And 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 I think that's more of an. There should be more of an emphasis on people not wanting that as opposed to someone who's going to be a care bear behind the bench. I, I think fans will ultimately want wins, and wins, and that's all that really matters at the end of the day. But they do not want a coach who is going to make their make players' lives a living hell. And to relate it to the market that we're in right now, the Flames players literally just went through a season where the head coach for better or for worse, did not make the environment suitable for those players. And yes, there are players that were in that locker room who are just like, "Eh, I don't care, you know, I'm I'm on either side of this. There were even guys who were probably, you know what, pro Daryl, because you know what, they're used to it and they understand. Mm -hmm. But when you have a good chunk of your players, especially those who are getting paid a lot of money, as you mentioned, George, who don't like the coach and don't feel that they're playing well and don't feel that they're 100% confident. And again, you've signed them for a lot of money and for Mm -hmm. a lot of term and it's hard to move those guys off they're going to do something they they're going to they're they're going to have a bigger stick in the organization look we do this job and and you get paid the money that you get paid and and everyone else in that station gets paid you mean to tell me that if you see something whack going on you're not gonna use your influence, George, the morning show and I get radios radio. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna use your influence at the at the station to go up to the program director and be like, yo, man, I don't like this dude or I don't like what this is going on here. This has to change. That has to change. Just because you get paid a whole bunch of money doesn't mean you just sit there and take it because your boss is whatever. Right. I of course. know you George, you you would step up and you would you would defend right. yourself and say, like, no, I don't take this. I'm George Resick. I'm doing this. Like, I don't know, man. I think there's more level. I don't. Sorry, I'm not being eloquent in this last part. But just because you get paid a whole bunch of money, it just doesn't mean you should just sit back and be grateful and take everything that you get. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, uh, very fun uh, conversation. A uh, lot to go on. And, <laughs> no, it is. It's a fun conversation. We had it with Wish. Oh, I love oh, how yeah. fun it is. No, no, I it's it again. Like this. again, uh, that's that's why you know that's why we do this. Opinions are opinions. Uh, again, like I opinions feel a certain opinions. way. You feel a certain way. Maddie feels a certain way. Yeah. Patrick feels a certain way. Like, it's it's fun to have conversations like this. And I just, go, I just keep 100%. going back to my professional sports uh, point. Like, it's just about winning, first and foremost. A lot of bad dudes and a lot of bad organizations and a lot of teams that didn't get along have won championships. And if the Calgary Flames won the Stanley Cup uh, next year or the year after, and there was like, oh, there was all these problems. If the Calgary Flames won the Stanley Cup last year with Daryl Sutter, He'd be revered in the city and everybody hated him at the same time. It didn't happen and it's always easy to say those hindsight takes but everybody would love the fact that they won the championship and we're having a parade in the city because ultimately that's what it's about winning. Winning, winning, winning in professional sports. Um, In a
0: few years when it doesn't work. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, and and listen, like
2: George isn't, I, there are examples of coaches that you would say are very player-friendly that have gone, like, look at Bruce Boudreau's tenure in Vancouver. Right. That is about as player-friendly as you can get, and that and was... And they were terrible. Terrible. That was right. awful. Yes. Right? A lot of it is making sure that it's the right personality for your group of players, and that's what I get back to when I talked to Wish and I said, I find that the primary responsibility of a head coach now over X's and O's is managing responsi- managing personalities. Not making mm-hmm. sure that you're being lovey-dovey to everybody, yeah. but just making sure that you understand how a player ticks and how to get the best
1: out of them. Um, it's uh, the big show, Russick and Rose Sports at 960. The fan, Julie McKenzie, covers the Flames the Athletic, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Holland. You were right there. You were in the parking lot. You were face-to-face with the Lysland home. What's your gut telling you about him staying or going?
0: I think it ultimately comes down to whether or not Craig Conroy is willing to pay him. I, th- I really think it's down to that. Uh, I but what's your
1: gut telling you, Julian? Give me your gut.
0: <sighs> I don't think Craig Conrad is going to sign him to whatever money he wants. Uh, or at least he doesn't. You know, no, let me rephrase this. Craig Conrad does not want to give him the money. I might think he might have. He might not have no choice but to give him that money. Here's my thinking. Elias Lindholm is the number one center on this team and I'm, I've, we've debated before about what his place in terms of top centers in the league and whether or not he's the top 15, top 20, top 25. The, mat, the fact of the matter is he's the best center on this team. There are other contracts locked up to all this money, all this term that essentially have put or basically veering the Calgary Flames on a course towards competing for mm-hmm. better or for worse. Yes. And if you are trying to rebuild and retool, even if you're saying, all right, Lindholm, get out of here. Backlund, get out of here. Um, Hannafin, get out of here. You still have Huberto, you still have Wieger, you still have Markstrom, you still have Anderson. You are still years away from a proper rebuild. The teardown is going to be long and painful. It's not going to be in one fell swoop where everything bottoms out. You are going to have to go through this for a couple of years in order for this to work out. Not to mention you need those assets to be better. If you're Craig Conroy, you're basically looking at a situation where if you sign Elias Lindholm, you're you're veering towards that course, but... You're going to have to shell a lot of money. It might be the less painful uh, way, as opposed to tr- saying, "Okay, we're not signing Elias Lenholm. Everyone knows we're trying to get rid of Elias Lindholm. The big worry in the offseason was that Craig Conroy was getting shifted on potential deals. What's that going to look like now? Also, you do you would you would announce that potentially if this if this were to come out like in the coming days or in training camp, all those guys are coming back saying, "All right, the roster is what it is." Uh, and we're happy that there's going to be continuity. And and even though we want, you know, we know, some guys are still deciding on the futures. We're still going to be a good team. And then you have Lila. Then you're deciding, okay, Elias Lindholm's not going to stay. What's that going to do for Backlund? What's that going to do for for uh, for Hanifin? What's that going to do for all those other players who intended on competing this year? That's going to affect them in a negative way. Um, again, and that painful retool rebuild thing I mentioned earlier, too. I, I just feel as if the scenario that Craig Conroy has put himself in is not it's it's just he's being put over a barrel man like it's not easy for him to 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 make that work he's the general manager he's gonna have to find a way to make that work but it almost feels like a no win situation for Craig Conrad as best as you can make it there is a there is a scenario where maybe it does work out if he signs or trades him and and the flames go off for the best but this is going to end with some kind of pain where they don't get the ideal return that they want Mm -hmm. or it's going to result in him having to pay over nine million dollars. Because I mean, at the end of the day, we've heard the ranges over and over. Sure, this sounds like to me that Elias Lindholm wants more than nine million annually. That's what that sounds like to me.
1: But but is not maybe not the worst thing in the world. It's the quote unquote Canadian tax, and also if the cap is allegedly going up, like we keep hearing it will, by a lot of money the next couple seasons, that contract all of a sudden looks kind of reasonable. Julian for a guy who plays in every major situation on your team.
0: It does, but again, you have when you compound it with all those other massive contracts on the roster, depending on and and when you have to also account for the fact that some of those young players are going to want some of that money too when that cap goes up as well, we have to wait and see about what that salary cap structure looks like, but it's not as if the Flames are going to be in a position like Boston next year where mm. they have a bunch of one-year deals. And if they get rid of some of those guys off the books, they could have almost 20 million in gap space next off season. Like the Flames, I think, are still going to be I could be wrong. I'm not a, a total capologist, but when you think about all those salaries and what they're eventually going to have to pay off to some of those guys, I don't off top of, off top of my head. I don't know if the Flames are going to be that team that's going to find a way to free up like 20 million in gap space uh, not right away.
2: I'm sure you're getting asked this same question. I get it every time I'm out and about. Uh, why hasn't Noah Hannafin been traded? I'm I'm fascinated to hear your thoughts.
0: Um, I'm intrigued by that, too. I've been I've definitely been asked that question, and I'll try to address it in the uh, upcoming mailbag uh, for The Athletic. It's a really good question. I, I think uh, this situation, obviously, not getting talked about nearly as much as the Elias Lindholm situation, but there have been so many windows for this team to move on from Noah Hannafin, who it's been out there that he wants to play in the United States on his next contract. And while I know that he seemed pretty optimistic uh, at the golf course with us the other day, I still wouldn't be surprised if that's, if that's how it ends up. I think he did a good job of, of spinning it where he leaves it open-ended and that's what he kind of did before he went off for the summer too. But I think it's still going to end up with him going to the States, but I could be wrong. Um, I I think with the flames, just maybe they really are into this wait and see approach where they're trying to convince some of those, all of those guys to stay but also at the same time, I don't think they got some of the deals that they would have wanted uh, in the offseason as well. Mm. You're seeing guys sign for cheap, and maybe that closes a door on a team thinking, you know what, we don't need to shell out draft picks and a younger asset for, for Noah Hannafin. But isn't that also reassuring, is though,
1: Hannafin. Julian, if you're a Flames fan? Just because these guys potentially aren't staying, it means you didn't have to trade them in the summer right away because you didn't get the return you want, which will ultimately better your franchise down the road. I think if you're a Flames fan, you should be feeling good about patience because sometimes patience is a really good thing. and It might end up being a great thing for the Flames in the long run after this season.
0: I guess, but I think for a lot of Flames fans in this market, they're still scarred by what happened with Johnny and, and, and Matthew, right? They've seen the other side where... Yeah, we could be patient, and then those guys still leave for nothing, or they find a way to wan out. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can understand why you feel damaged after after experiencing something like that. I think it, it would take this team going above and beyond expectations, if we're being truly honest. Because I think if they're just mid, like even I don't even I don't even feel confident if this team was like a third seed in the playoffs. Sorry, not third seed, third seed in their division. Uh, I don't know if that would be enough to, to convince all of those guys. I think they'd have to be so much better. Than that, I think it'd have to be overwhelmingly good for those guys to say, you know what, I'm going to stay here for a long, long time. I really feel mm-hmm. that way. I think if they're just mid, Noah Hannafin could find another team that's on the up and up and sign for them long term and make his money. Michael Backlund, you know, if they're just there, like, yeah, he wants that Stanley Cup. He wants to put himself in that position to do so. Maybe he might be swayed because of the ties and the roots that he set here. But for Noah Hannifin, I wouldn't be surprised if he still ends up going to the States.
2: We've talked about the captaincy quite a bit over the last little bit. Does sound like it is going to be Rasmus Anderson announces the captain at some point before the season. Just a thought on uh, that, if that is to be the selection, and and maybe uh, some of the other A options that this team is going to have.
0: Rasmus was my pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote a call about it uh, a little over a week ago. I think because of uh, his uh, the games that he's played, he's the second longest tenured player behind Michael Backlund. Uh, he's meeting on the first pair, first pair for defense. I get he didn't have an A, but he's probably the best candidate for that C. Michael Backlund and Elias Lindholm, their situations, I don't want to say they disqualify them from it, but it's very hard to give a player in their situations the C and then possibly put yourself in a position where they bolt after that. I've seen people say Mackenzie Mm. Wieger, and I think he's a a fine person, but I think the fact that he's the first year of that new contract, uh, he did get better in the second half of the year. And he is immersing himself in that locker room. It's not the worst thing, and I could I could still see him getting like an A. I don't know if you want to put that target on him, Jonathan Huberto. No respect to the people who think that's a good idea. I think it's a terrible idea. I don't <laughs> think you could put a bigger target on a guy. They, they say, hey, that's fair, yeah. Huberto, Can we put a, a C and an A dollars. on his
1: jersey to put more even more pressure on him, Julian? Yeah,
0: yeah. They put the <laughs> C and the A on him, and Why then not? someone on someone. Yeah, put the C in. Yeah, George, put the C in the A on. Drops guy you in, in NHL jersey, history.
2: and else? They could get like a big spotlight just to follow him around dude. when he's on the ice and he oh shifts.
0: Yeah. That'd be oh, good. It's like the circus. The the yeah. jersey, yeah. Photoshop the <laughs> C A twice and have Kaka on his jersey. Let like someone's yeah. gonna do that. Pardon me. When what, he plays like, like that, like yeah. crap for the first ten. years. Like yeah.
2: He's Taylor Swift moving all over the stage. Just follow him around with that spotlight. Yeah. very be 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 Easy.
1: Yeah be great. Oh Here is your star no. player who I, underperformed last year, coming back on the ice. No disrespect ice. to John. No disrespect to Hubie.
0: He's a he's a he's a good dude. He's a good player, and he deserves to be part of that leadership group. But I think to save him from having more pressure heaped upon him, if this was a completely different situation, I could understand making the argument. But dude does not need more pressure, so he does not need the C on his jersey.
1: Yeah,
2: who has more pressure on him, Ryan Husker or Jonathan Huberdeau?
0: Jonathan Huberto, Yeah. Easily. Ryan Huska has shown through his coaching that he is he knows what he's doing. The defense was solid last year and he was in charge of the defense. And even for this year, guys, like I like there's there's obviously gonna be some pressure for him to do well. I think there should be some pressure on Mark Savard and running the offense because that's what held this team. That's one thing that held this team back last year. It's on Mark Savard, who was in charge of an OHL team that has scored the most goals. Uh, to get the most out of Jonathan Huberto, out of Andrew Mangiapane, Nasim Kadri, all those offensive players. And remember how last year we were saying they don't have a game breaker? They still don't have a game breaker. Hmm. It's on Mark's to come up with that offensive strategy and Ryan, Hus- and Ryan Huska too. But I-, I think there needs to be a little bit on on whoever's in charge of the offense to, to get that going. Because that's a thing that held them back last year.
1: Uh, Julian McKenzie covers the flames uh, for the athletic does a terrific job of doing that. Julian, thanks for the spirited conversation today. It was
0: fun. I really appreciate the spirit of conversation, man. I, I see you guys. I hear you guys getting into them. And I'm like, oh, I wish I was in this conversation. So, thank you for letting me. Be, hey, you, be, let, thank you for letting me be a
1: part of that. You know, hey. you're invited anytime in studio. Yeah. Next you time,
2: want. if you're on the line, just tell GVP, hey, get me in here. We'll like play like a stone cold splitter and just drop you right into the conversation. Drop the glass. No yeah, yeah, oh, I yeah. will do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, will,
0: I will actually do that. Don't oh, yeah. don't tempt me with a good time. I will do. That. <laughs>
2: don't
1: tempt me with a good time.
2: <laughs> I now I'm expecting it for next time. So, just throwing it out there.
1: Um. Okay. Fine. I'm gonna make the uh, the next conversation as benign as possible, so Julie just can sit on break <laughs> till, till we'll, on just... <laughs> we'll have him on hold. We'll talk milk about... toast conversation coming up. What fruit belongs on a fruit tray, <laughs> George? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a not good one. Not pineapple.
0: Whoa, whoa, that's a hot take.
1: Well, so <laughs> not pineapple. What if it's a I, golden I think, pineapple?
0: I think, pine- I, th- I think pineapples. I understand its usage. I think it's overrated.
1: Hmm. It is a little okay. sinewy. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, we'll do overrated fruits with Julian McKenzie next time you're on. Thanks, top pal. five overrated fruits. All the melons, Peace, guys.
2: All the melons.
1: <laughs> uh, see you later, dude. <laughs> Thanks for I dropping agree. in, listen, Patty. <laughs> Patty, like you know, see, Patty and I on the show, we kind of vibe a lot together. Patty and I. I'm not a big cantaloupe. Oh, like no, cantaloupe to you. Don't like watermelon. okay. Water- oh, watermelon is different, but like cantaloupe and like honeydew, I'm like meh, yeah I can go without it. I I it. I'm not a big will melon guy. Muck. Cantaloupe. You'll eat it like you just got out of jail? Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> oh. Okay. No problem.
1: Um, who's ready to play some Impossible Flames trivia?
3: Well, let's go. Oh.
1: Yeah, right. we'll do the break. And then uh your chance to win a $50 gift card to our good friends at VK brewco and some swag. Here's how it works uh out of my stupid little head. Um we uh it's we try not. to find the connection between three current or former members of the Calgary Flames. And if you find the connection win some stuff your head's not that little well it's not and i understand that but uh your chance to win something we got plays of the week gvp yep we'll do that uh i gotta get to that tm uh the uh yep. tmz thursday night football story i haven't done yet mm-hmm. lots to do in the last 20 20 minutes or so of uh, this week's shows uh it's a big show wrestling and Roll sports at 960 the fan oh hi there it's friday we're live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, downtown studio. Got about 15 minutes to go in the week. Before we hand things off to Mr. Patrick Dumont. You got Tommy Wilden Jr. coming on, so we, gotta, we yeah. got a lot of business to attend to mm-hmm. here. Um, we got to play Impossible Flames Trivia. We got to do Plays of the Week, and we got to do that uh, TMZ Thursday Night Football story I want to do. Lots to discuss here in the next 15 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. So Let's fire it up. This is how this works. We play Impossible Flames Trivia. I give you three current or former members of the Calgary Flames. You try to find the connection. And if you do, you win a $50 gift card to our good friends at Vacay Bruco and some swag. Hit it, GVP.
0: Get your thinking cap ready
1: because it's time for George Russick to deliver
0: today's Impossible Flames Trivia question.
1: And it's brought to you by Veranda, a friendly farm-to-table restaurant featuring craft beer and spirits from Minho's V.K. Bruco and Burwood Distillery, 2566 Flanders Avenue, Southwest, and on Instagram at yyc. Maddie Rose, you ready? I'm ready. I got my pen. I got my paper. I got my brain. Did you give it a massage? My brain? Is your brain extra wet? It's, it's really so it
2: smooth.
1: Okay. <laughs> Did you just tell me the hints or send me the. You didn't, oh yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I didn't give you the answer. No. Give me the answer. No, I'm not going to oh. give you the answer. Fine. Um, the first name is Mike Camilleri. Oh. Michael Anthony All Camilleri. All of them
2: are now bankrupt with the company. Oh, no, no. Yes. That's, oh, boy. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Michael that's... Anthony Camilleri. <laughs> I actually love BioSteel.
1: I was really sad about that. <laughs> uh, was born on June 8th, 1982 and played 15 seasons in the NHL for five different teams. He was selected in the second round, 49th overall by the LA Kings in the one entry draft. After playing for the Calgary Flames for one season in 8 09, he then returned to the Flames in 2012 following an unusual transaction in which he was traded in the middle of the game. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Rene Bork. <laughs> uh, what? Eight, yeah. Which GM goes, no, we have to do it now? And they're like, uh, sorry, Mike, he, no, you're not going over your next okay, ship. Okay, You've yeah. just been Who traded. Who was the GM of the Habs then? Oh, it was um, Mark Bergman Okay. I would have been. Yeah. All right. Now. I want him now. Yeah, immediately. Uh, at age 15, Camilleri, uh, Camilleri uh, committed to attend the University of Michigan on a full hockey scholarship. Yep. Mike Camillary, first name. Calumari. Second name. Grant Scott Fear. Well, all right. Mm. Grant Fear was born on September twenty eighth, 1962, as a former professional ice hockey goaltender in the National Hockey League. Uh, he was a former goaltending coach of the Coyotes, played for the Oilers in the 80s, in which he won the Stanley Cup multiple times. After the Blues signed Roman Turek as their new number one goaltender in 1999, Fear was traded to the Calgary Flames on September 5th, 1999. Fear uh, married Lisa Kavanaugh in the Cayman Islands on September 14th, 2014. He has four children from a previous marriage and a stepdaughter. Snake oil. What are you talking about? <laughs> you don't even know the answer and you're saying snake oil. <laughs> like the new show with David
2: Spade? Yes, exactly. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Read me another promo about it. Yeah, boy, does and David my, Spade sound excited to do that? My favorite, oh, yeah. my yeah. favorite thing yeah. about it that promo work.
1: is like the woman with her mouth open. If it, oh, is it snake oil? Oh, I don't know. Uh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> They've got like the one, uh, the, the like travel bag that's like a goat or something. The like thing that, that uh, yeah. like can uh, pet your pets for you yeah. when you're not around to pet them. <laughs> snake oil. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and the last name uh,
1: Mark Savard. Oh yeah. Mark Savard was born on July 17, 1977, as a former Canadian uh, professional ice hockey player. And he's the current assistant coach of where? Your Calgary Flames in the NHL. Uh, He played in the NHL for the New York Rangers, who originally drafted him in 1995, Calgary Flames, Atlanta Thrashers, and Boston Bruins. Of course, Savard's career ended uh, late in the uh, 10-11 season due to post-concussion syndrome. Very sad. He didn't formally announce his retirement until the end of the 16-17 season. On June 26, 1999, shortly after completing his first full season of the New York Rangers, Savard was traded to where? The Calgary Flames in 1999. He won the Eddie Powers Memorial Trophy as the Ontario Hockey League's top scorer in 1995 and 1997, and he won the CHL Top Score Award in
3: 1995.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Mark Savard as a great Did I say goaltender? Oh, never mind. I was looking at Grant Fuhrer's page. (laughs) Yeah. Mike Camilleri, Grant Fuhrer, Mark Savard all have something in common. 960, 960, name and location.
2: right on. So we have a goalie. We got a couple of forwards. We have a couple of power play specialists here, but not Grant Fuhrer. I really didn't expect to get the goalie in here because, like, you know, he's... Not really known for his time as a member of the Calgary Flames. It was, what, 23 games at the very end of his
1: career? Hmm. It's kind of more of yeah, a... Yeah, it's impossible today. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, wow, all right. It's impossible that is, that, Good luck. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> 960 nights. I'm going to give you some hints to make it easier today, though. Oh, good. These hints are always really helpful. Uh, they all called... Uh, Oh, you know what? We may have, we may pretty much have a winner we have already. A winner. <laughs> what are you
2: guys doing? You guys just hype this up like, oh, this is the hardest one. And you already yeah. have a winner what the from hell? the three of them. You know what? The three of them.
1: You know what? There, I don't no, even. There's no link. I don't even mind. That, you know, we maybe have the earliest winner in impossible Flames yeah. trivia in the
2: history. Of the, like, it's <laughs> Not far, even a hint. As far as timing goes, like, today's a good day. No, it not even a hint. Good.
1: Yeah, well, let's give it to uh, Brad in Mackenzie Town. Congratulations. I <laughs> uh, they're all scratch golfers. Oh, so they've all been at least oh. scratch golfers at one point in their lives. <laughs> oh. <laughs> also, yeah. um, I'm pretty
2: sure Mark Savard there was like the men's long drive at one of the, on the flames charity tournaments. Yeah. And there was two, there's like a men's handicap zero to 19 and a men's handicap 20 plus.
1: And I saw the 20 plus and Mark Savard's name was up there. I was like, Nope. (laughs) Nope. He told very... us he was a good golfer. Uh, congratulations! Uh, you've won a fifty dollars gift card from ah. our good friends at V.K. Bruco and some swag. Impossible we flames golf Tournament trivia Tournament on Wednesday. It's it's about Lanny McDonald hitting a hole in one oh, too. okay. Yeah. I was trying to look up like Calgary Flames who have hit a hole in ones. Mm. That's impossible to look up. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like I was really, I was scouring the internet for a good 2020, like flames players or former flames who have hit hole in ones in golf. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of articles out there that go nowhere. Let go. me tell you, I've clicked on a lot of them. <laughs> they go nowhere and can't help you. Uh, congratulations, Brad. Uh, I, you're the king I, of all kings. You're the sheriff of impossible flames trivia. Wow. Yeehaw. Can I hear Yes. Can I hear what your hints would have been? Oh, my first one was uh don't forget about uh Bobby Orr.
2: Don't forget is it, was he a good golfer?
1: No, he wore number four.
2: Oh. Four four. Okay. That was going to be my second guess, but like... Yeah. Uh, hey,
1: congratulations, Brad. You crushed Impossible you Flames, uh, impossible what, flames what's Trivia. What's your other one? I want uh, to I know all these hints. It's over. Brought no. to you by Veranda, a friendly farm-to-table <laughs> <What>? restaurant <laughs> featuring craft beer and spirits from in-house Vacay Brew Co. and Burwood Distillery, 2566 Flanders Avenue Southwest, and on Instagram at Veranda YYC. I got some time um, to kill. I
2: feel like a fool every time we do this segment.
1: No, again, Brad is, is the king uh, <laughs> from... Uh, You're not going you to tell me the other hints? Nope. Uh, we're done with Impossible Flames trivia today. Congratulations. I feel like I... Uh, Brad and Mackenzie Town. <laughs> uh, Brad and Mackenzie Town, you are today's winner. You're like a this... legend. You are the uh, the best Impossible Flames trivia in the history of Impossible Flames trivia. I like when we don't have to... I don't mm-hmm. have to literally say the answer, mm-hmm. and the people got to
3: text in what I yeah. just said verbatim no, exactly. to win the prize. you're up against it and I... Yeah, no. That was great. Right on. I know team. Brent
1: Kron got a hole-in-one ace at a Flames tournament. I know. I've golfed with him, but thank you. I'm golfing today with him. Thank you, Darcy. I'm, I'm teeing it up with uh, Brent Cron today, but I know. I was looking for more.
2: Your boy loves a frost delay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, frost delay today for us. Okay. Extra, now. Uh, we, got a, we got a couple <laughs> minutes to go here before we get to plays of the week. Uh, talked about this uh, earlier. Um, Thursday Night Football last night. A big win for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles over the Minnesota Vikings. They had uh, Jason Kelsey on the set along with Jalen Hurts, uh, the Thursday Night Football crew, which is a lot of fake laughing. All of the Fox Sunday crew—it's like
3: <laughs> <laughs> everything's hilarious.
1: <laughs> so uh, Thursday Night Crew, and all of a sudden, Tony Gonzalez asked Jason Kelsey this specific question:
0: "Oh, so Jason, you talk about family, and my—I my, my, have a 15-year-old daughter." And she's a big fan of a certain pop star, and you have a family oh, member, God. a brother. I yes, think, yes, I think. Yeah. and I've been hearing rumors. Yes. That there's maybe some stuff. Can you I, comment on this? I have seen this? these
3: rumors. I cannot comment. No, damn gossip. What K- <laughs> <right. You're going laughs> are we you doing? What, what, it's for my daughter, okay? okay? What are we doing? Ever since catching Kelsey, everybody has been infatuated with Travis's love life. <laughs> so, um, I don't really know what's going on there. Um, so, yeah, I know Trav is is having fun and. Uh, We'll see what happens with whoever he ends up.
1: (laughs) Okay. um, Can I just say this? Uh Uh-huh. If Travis Kelsey's, in fact, dating Taylor Swift right now, when Taylor Swift is probably the most sought after famous, like, popular person on the planet, Mm -hmm. I think that dwarfs any of his NFL accomplishments, (laughs) that he's able to date Taylor Swift at this point. Of his life and her life.
2: Yeah. You, yeah. I don't know. I think he's
1: reached the pinnacle of yeah, his life.
2: Like, I, I want to say I peaked, like, in high school. But he's yeah, definitely I think, just reaching his now in his mid-30s. He, here. he
1: has a Super Bowl ring right now. And if he's daily dating Taylor Swift at this point. Two? Yeah, he has two. But he just fresh off winning a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. Arguably being the best tight end who's ever lived. Uh, Blocking is maybe an issue, but who cares? <laughs>
2: He's the best tight end I hate yeah. when people are like Well he doesn't block Lock. I don't care Because Gronk was a great care. blocker You have five part big deal. Boys That's block. why you
3: have two other tight ends On your roster to block for you yeah. you have
2: five offensive linemen Figure it out
3: but Exactly If I was dating Taylor Swift I don't know
1: how you'd be able To keep it a secret But you'd have to Because then she'd be like I told you not to tell you anybody And then it's over
2: They're not dating They're just hanging out quietly That's sure. the quote Sure Hanging out quietly
1: How would you not Get a t-shirt made That I'm dating Taylor Swift
2: uh, well, I think that might be a little off-putting for her. So you, yep. you probably don't, you, you know, you probably want to extend your tenure in this relationship, yeah, as long as humanly possible.
1: Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, how dangerous is it to date Taylor Swift? Because there's a pretty damn good chance she's going to write a song about or you a whole album, a so, whole album. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And side but... note,
1: how upset is like Beyonce? Lady Gaga 0. Uh, hold on. Um Katy Perry. Mm. I saw Demi Lovato for some reason is trending today. Like all of those like pop superstars are all like on the back seat right now as Taylor Swift is driving the truck. But Beyoncé actually just started a massive tour that was so 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 Okay, she's really, going to Vancouver. Really
2: risky putting Beyoncé in the back seat. That's You put Beyoncé yeah, I'm, I'm not, sorry, but I'm no. Part Taylor part Swift this.
1: is no, Taylor Swift is breaking records. Like nobody's bigger than Taylor Swift right now, even Queen B. Is not as big as Taylor Swift right now.
2: I just want to distance myself. Okay, all right. Okay,
3: you're you're like Taylor Swift, so I'm good. I take Beyonce Beyonce over her. Any fan
2: bases that I
1: just do not trifle with. It is not wise to get involved. Well, you're probably right, but again, Taylor Swift's the biggest thing, and I tip my cap to one, Travis Kelsey. Even if he's even if he's getting text messages back, even if that bubble is lighting up when you're when you're texting her, I tip my cap to you, Mr. Travis Kelsey. Global superstar. I don't know how it gets any better for you.
2: I was going to say you win the lottery, but the dude plays in the NFL. Like, the guy makes yeah, he makes bank. gobs of money. He's got to make more money here. Uh, um,
1: that's it for us. Uh, check out the podcast: Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon. Wherever you get your favorite podcaster. Uh, how long is the uh, plays of the week today?
3: Minute twenty. Okay,
1: I like short and sweet. You know that. Well, there's um, no song in this one. So. Yeah. And they the, we need to stop playing that. That gets overplayed in this race. Is it off of the station? Thing. I now? think it just plays
2: once it, I, 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 it I plays up, for the week. It's I have a promo
1: clip for uh once every Friday,
0: so that'll be done now. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yes.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh enjoy the plays of the week. Uh we'll be back Monday. Um have a terrific weekend. Oh, yeah, enjoy yeah. the there's, weather. There's big giveaways on Monday. Two of them. Ooh. Ooh. Like I'm trying to remember what it is. Well, oh no, them, I know what it you is. know what it is. There's yeah, another. we announced it. It's yeah. for the Heritage Classic. Yeah. We'll be giving away. Oh yeah, idea. those are. Oh yeah, we got to make you work. But, but we kind of let you have the week off on the text line. But if you, but we next really week, did. we're did. gonna make you work. We really
3: did. If you can't get the Heritage Classic tickets, there's a pack for four to see. I guess they're may. Expendables Four. Oh yeah. It's about time. It's about time. Yeah. So you go see Expendables Four. Jean Claude Van Damme in it? I don't know. I haven't even looked Stevens at the roster. Gull in He's it? Jason
1: Statham's got to be in it. Is the Rock in it? No, he's not. Stone Cold Steve Austin? Uh, Chris Jericho? I don't think
2: so. No, I don't Chris think Jer-
3: so. <laughs> it's Chris Jericho?
1: Is the Big Show in it?
2: Uh, nope. Oh, You're wow. just getting into wrestlers. You're getting away from
3: washed <laughs> action Dolph stars. Lundgren's in it, though. Sly. Sly's in it? Yeah, Megan Fox.
2: Ooh. She's making her debut in the franchise. Andy
3: Garcia. Oh, really? Man. Yeah, 50 Cent. Hmm. Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, that's it for us. Well, none Randy of Couture. that moves the needle. Uh, what do you got coming up in Mucho Big Show? Before Tommy
3: Wielden Jr. As uh, Cavs get ready for... Uh, A home game tomorrow against Vancouver. Uh, Keep this point streak going. They're getting closer to the Champions League spot. Let's do it, Tommy. Exactly.
2: Flames hockey on the station tonight.
1: Oh, yeah. From Penticton.
2: Yes, from
3: Penticton. They're taking on the Canucks youngies. The Canucks young guys. I don't know
1: why it sounded so weird the way you said that. It's my my quote-unquote Ontario [SSSSS1] (laughs) accent that I have. (laughs) Penticton. Which is so eye-rolling. Okay, uh, we'll talk to you Monday. Enjoy the plays of the week. Bye. Bye.
3: This
0: is the best of the worst of the big show with Russick and Rose.
1: God Hans is a beautiful man. We'll be able to Whisper about their physiques
2: when they're not around.
3: Oh, you look very muscly. Oh, look how muscly he looks. Um,
2: And then we'll have physicals and sorry points out very excited as well. (laughs)
0: And uh, he's yoked. Color me surprised that George takes the time off and then
1: comes back when there's golf to be had. I'm so stunned by this. And the sheriff is back down. Oh, yeah, the real gunslinger. Look out. The sheriff's back. The profiling, the styling, profiling, limousine riding, just flying. And kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun, rick Flair. Okay. Woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There was some super hot bitches there th- last night.
3: <laughs> woo. Yeah, I'll be completely honest with you guys. I usually shut her down, and I, I, I kind of pig out. A little sick after the surgery. I don't know. I got some stomach bug too. So oh, that was, the surgery was fine. Yeah. And then the day
0: after the surgery I was my stomach was uh, just straight hot. Just <laughs> straight hot. <laughs> Woo
2: double bubble. It really doesn't feel like something that you worry about going into a, a contract year. Uh, how much are you thinking about that?
1: Me? No, I'm good. And they're like,
3: Wow, this is horse.
1: Well, it is the big show, the sheriff's back, Russick and Rose, sportsnet nine sixty the fan.
2: The big show with George Russick and Maddie Rose. Weekdays when you wake up.